Hello from Temple Bar in Dublin. Welcome to season two of our Tradfest Temple Bar podcast. It's been another unusual week since our last podcast, but I do hope that you've been keeping safe and well. 
Despite these very strange times, I think the one thing we can all agree on is that music is something that can lift our spirits. We're continuing to work on our plans for next year's festival and the Tradfest team look forward to the day when we can all be together again in music at Tradfest Temple Bar in 2021. Together with our friends in Falcha, Ireland, we've created this series of podcasts to connect with our listeners from around the world on how they are coping during COVID-19 and this particularly difficult period of lockdown. And we wanted to share these stories and experiences with you wherever you are. Each week we'll have a chat with different people from the music industry from across the globe. And of course... You can't have a Tradfest podcast without a track or two. Our opening track was from Boxing Banjo, who played a hugely successful show at Tradfest 2019. Today, we're delighted to have Brenda Willis join us. Brenda is the director of Music City Irish Fest in Nashville, as well as being the manager of music group The Willis Clan. Well, Brenda, the last time we met was back in January when you had brought a tour group from Nashville to Tradfest. A lot has certainly happened since then. At that time, you were finalising plans for Music City Irish Fest in Nashville and I believe you had booked some of our Tradfest artists for your festival, including Aoife Scott and Shane Hennessy. Unfortunately, you then had to cancel the festival due to a tornado which hit Nashville. That must have been bitterly disappointing for you and the festival team. Well, it was bitterly disappointing, and, and Aoife actually did end up making it to Nashville anyway. Um, but the tornado hit about a week or two before COVID-19. So really, that was coming online just about the same time that the tornado hit. So really, due to both of those things, um, we had to cancel the festival this year. And it was extremely disappointing, yes. Would you just get enlighten us a little about the festival in Nashville, Tennessee, Music City Irish Fest, where has it come from or what are its origins? Who's involved? Who runs it? So um, I run it. Um, I have 12 children. And um, 20 years ago, I saw Riverdance and uh, fell in love with the music and the dancing and, and the culture. Got my children involved in Irish dancing at the time in Chicago. And as my children were dancing in their first fesh, my mother leans over to me and she goes, you know, you're Irish, right? I really hadn't had any contact at all with my Irish heritage. So I started researching my Irish heritage. The children got successful in their dancing and then um, we got involved with the FLA and they started going to the FLA and learning the instruments. And really, Riverdance was a catalyst for me to connect with my Irish heritage. Mm -hmm. Well, as the children got more successful in Irish dancing and in Irish music, um, they ended up releasing their first album that was Irish music and that was in 2012. And we ended up releasing that right about the time they won the FLA in Cavan in 2012. And then shortly thereafter, um, we started touring and they just started bursting on the scene across the United States. And then um, they, got, they got picked up at Disney World. John Cook is a wonderful Irish pub owner at Raglan Road there down at Disney. And, um, and he uh, had the children play for two years in a row for St. Patrick's Day. I met Ruth Moran down there over St. Patrick's Day, who is um, one of the directors of Tourism Ireland in New York City. And we started talking about a festival and we started talking about touring and traveling and promoting Irish culture. 
And um, the following year, uh, in 2015, I started Music City Irish Fest down here. Um, so that's that's kind of the that's kind of the history of how Music City Irish Fest got started in Nashville. That's the uh, thumbnail version of it. But you mentioned the you have a, a rather large family, without a doubt. They all play music. Did you ever play any bit of music yourself? I did. Um, I played guitar. Um, I was not an Irish musician at all uh, growing up, but uh, once we started getting involved in Irish music, uh, my children were playing, you know, whistle and fiddle and accordion and pipes and all that. And so I, I did learn a little bit of backup um, guitar for them, which was a whole different thing. You know, Irish accompaniment was, was very different from what I had grown up with. But um, I learned a little bit, but uh, they soon outdistanced me with their musical ability um, and allowed me to be in their band a little bit, uh, <laughs> playing guitar with them. But uh, they were really the majority of it. <laughs> now, you mentioned an array of instruments with the band. Uh, how did you decide or did the kids themselves decide that they wanted to play particular instruments in Irish traditional music? You mentioned pipes, I think, there. I mean, for people to get their hands on a set of villain pipes mm -hmm. had to be difficult. Our first... Uh, musical festival that we attended was in Chicago, and that was the Chicago Celtic Fest uh, before it, it stopped um, years ago. And um, the first group that we ever saw on stage was Leahy from, uh, from Canada. And then the second group we saw on stage was Lunasa. And uh, we just fell in love with the music. And so that day we went to the merch tent and we bought a couple of CDs and we bought um, just a little seven or $8 generation whistle. And we brought it home. And shortly thereafter, uh, we bought a fiddle and soon started um, getting lessons for, for the children. But um, they started picking up whistle and fiddle very, very quickly. And then um, our family moved to Nashville. And there was a gentleman there who, had, um, who was a piper. And he was having a house concert. And um, we brought the children along to hear some great music. And the, the concert uh, was by Benedict Kohler. Oh who's a God. wonderful pipes maker in Vermont here in, in, in the United States. And my son, Jeremiah, was probably only about, I don't know, eight or nine, maybe 10 years old. And he had just learned his first reel. He was playing Flower of the Flock. And Benedict, you know, how kind he is. He encouraged, you know, my little guy to play. And um, he was so impressed when Jer played that reel that he said, this young man needs a set of pipes. And so Benedict made him a set of pipes. And that was how Jer got started playing the pipes, who's now 27 years old, <laughs> married with his own child. <laughs> and is he still playing pipes? Oh, yes. yes. He really loves um, fusion music. I'm just thinking of how lucky he was, actually, to get his hands on a set of Benedict Kohler pipes. Yes. As a matter of fact, um, it was a very sad story. Um, he had that first set of pipes, and um, it's very unique because Jer plays left-handed. So it was a left-handed set of pipes. And then um, tragically, we had a house fire oh. and we lost all of our instruments in the fire. And so Benedict made him a second set of left-handed oh. pipes. And uh, Jer still plays that set to this day. All I can get from that, Brenda, is that Benedict must really believe in his playing, in Jer's playing. He does. He, he has been so supportive. He's a, he and, and his sweet wife, Hillary, have been great friends ever since then. That's just an absolutely wonderful story. I must say, you said you moved to Nashville. Where were you before that? In Chicago. And then the question is, why did you move to Nashville? <laughs> That's kind of a funny story. Um, we had six children and we were looking to buy a home. And 
for the craziest reasons, we couldn't seem to find a home. And we looked for a couple of years. And after looking for a couple of years and trying to buy three different houses, um, we just opened a map and said, where else would we go if we didn't stay in Chicago? And we said, ah, oh, we don't want to go out west. It's not green. North is too cold. We looked down the map, maybe, maybe Florida. It's nice. No, there's hurricanes. And we, we put our finger on Nashville and we said, maybe we should check out Nashville. I mean, literally, that's all it was. And within six weeks, we found a home and we moved in here. It was, it absolutely was meant to be. That's absolutely a stunning story and an incredible one at how brave you were to make that move. And I suppose fortuitous now uh, that you're based there. But what about Nashville itself then after the tornado this year and with COVID? How has it affected? It's been, in, in the way I've looked at it, it's been absolutely tragic because um, the tornado came through and it was really beautiful to see how the city was coming together and the state was coming together and everybody wanted to help out. And it was just beautiful. They had so many volunteers the first weekend that they couldn't even use all of the volunteers. And they said, you know, go home because there's so many of you willing to help that we can't even manage all of you. It was really beautiful. And within a week, um, COVID set in and nobody knew what was going on. And then everybody was afraid to be helping each other because they were afraid of catching this unknown virus. And all of the music shut down, um, uh, the Opry, um, all, of the, all of the music venues, everything. Of course, as you know, as, as it did in Ireland as well, um, certain things have kept going. Um, the Opry continued to have shows with no audience and of course with social distancing, but they ran their shows every Saturday night and they were just a really special and beautiful thing. Um, kind of went back to their radio format that they had. Um, I mean, the Opry's been going for over 90 years nonstop. It's one of the longest radio programs in the world. And so they were keeping that going. Um, and there's been a lot of support in, um, in virtual ways, um, but the live music that Nashville is so prominently known for um, had to stop. It's just starting to open back up now. And will the industry in Nashville, the music industry, will it survive this COVID-19? I think that's the question that everybody's asking. But if there's any, any pulse on it in Nashville, there's a lot of very determined people to um, support the musicians, to support the industry. And um, I have just, I've seen all kinds of grants coming out to support musicians, um, to support venues, um, trying to make sure that um, things get back on track as quickly as possible. So, I mean, I don't know what's going on in New York and LA and, you know, other places, Austin, that are, are very known for their music, but Nashville is very proactive in supporting their musicians and the music industry as a whole. And um, I don't think people are going to be willing to let go of their music. So I do believe that it's going to come back as quickly as is possible. And how will they adjust? Because adjustments will have to be made. There's no question. This is something that affects us all, actually, even ourselves. At Tradfest, looking towards January 2021, uh, we're wondering how other people are reacting or how they're going to cope with the new norm. Right. I mean, we're talking right now um, about a phased reopening, as everyone is worldwide. And right now, the phases are two weeks at a time. Actually, we just got word today that phase two is going to be extended for another couple of weeks because there was a slight rise in cases. So phase two is going to be a little bit longer than, than we had originally anticipated. But they're just going to open up slowly. 
and start with, you know, we started with, you know, uh, a 50% capacity for everything. Then we'll go up to a 75% capacity. And, you know, it might be another month or two before we're at 100% capacity. But for right now, you know, social distancing is practiced everywhere in stores, in restaurants, in, in venues. Um, they're just starting to allow um, live musicians back on stage here. And there has to be a certain number of dis, uh, feet between the uh, musicians and the audience. And then there can only be a certain number of musicians on stage with enough space in between. So again, just trying to accommodate the social distancing and um, prevent any spread of, of any viruses um, with regard to the music industry. It sounds really positive and it sounds as if uh, Nashville will have the template for the rest of the world when it comes to getting music back on stage. You know, there's a gentleman um, in Nashville that is just, most people don't know who he is. Um, his name is Butch Spearden, and he is the, the president and CEO of the Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation, the NCVC. And Butch has been the one really over the last 20, 25 years that has taken Nashville to the level that it is with um, the music, the music industry, branding Nashville as Music City USA, creating events every month that draw people to Nashville to enjoy the music. The business conference industry here is huge. Um, our facilities are wonderful. Um, hotels are going up all of the time. The growth in Nashville has been just stunning. And Butch has been sending out emails every day connecting all of us, helping us know what the next step is, how should we be safe, creating seminars and webinars and all these different things for everyone to be prepared, supporting businesses. Um, it's just, he, he's just really pulled everyone together um, in a way that I think supports everything reopening at full capacity when it's safe to do so. Uh, the beauty about this conversation is that it is so positive. I really like that. And it's coming out of Nashville. It's really good to hear. Now, I just want to check, Brenda, with you. You mentioned that you discovered your Irish roots through Riverdance, which I think is quite good. Uh, a fantastic way to do that. But your Irish roots, where are they? And can you enlighten us a little about that? <laughs> yes. Um, so I found my grandfather's birth certificate and found that both of his parents were born in Swinford, County Mayo. Yeah, and I was able to go back there a couple of years ago. And it was just wonderful. Um, because the last name of my great grandfather was Conwell, C-O-N-W-E-L-L. -L, that was not a very common name. And so we were able to fairly easily find the people with that name. And we both took out our family trees and found out indeed we were very closely related just about two generations back. And uh, it was just very exciting to find all my relatives in County Mayo there. What about yourself then? The festival was cancelled this year. Is it cancelled? You're not going to try and uh, resurrect it before the end of the year, or are you? No, not the 2020 festival. Okay. Um, with all of the artists, um, you know, with the travel restrictions and everything, trying to reschedule the artists to come back in um, is, is virtually impossible at this point. And then with Dublin, Ohio canceled and Milwaukee canceled, um, you know, the largest festivals in the uh, summer season um, are not bringing the artists over. It's just really impossible. But we'll we'll definitely be revisiting things as we move forward for St. Patrick's Day next year because um, Music City Irish Fest is over St. Patrick's Day weekend. Um, we were very excited um, this year to be partnering with 
um, King Hospitality, which also runs um, one of the other large festivals in Nashville called Oktoberfest. And Michael King owns three restaurants here and runs multiple festivals, but Oktoberfest has grown. Um, it was, we had over 350,000 people at Oktoberfest last year. And so I'm really looking to Michael and seeing, so, you know, is the venue going to support um, Oktoberfest this year? Will we be able to reopen then? What, what are people feeling? Are they too nervous to come out or are they excited to get out? Um, this is an outdoor festival, so, you know, there would be plenty of room for distancing. So that's really going to be a bit of a test for us um, if the city will allow um, you know, Oktoberfest and to see how the people respond to it. And, you know, if, if Oktoberfest goes well, that should give us plenty of time to pull things together for March for St. Patrick's Day for Music City Irish Fest. Well, it looks like you'll be showing us the way and we look forward to certainly keeping in touch with you about that and how things develop over the, ne the next six or eight months. Do you think you'll make it back to Tradfest in January 21? That's the plan, actually, right now. In fact, I, I just met with Martin Hart last week, and um, I, I work for a tour company. And so we're at this point, uh, we put together a tour package to bring some people over for TradFest. And so we're very excited about, you know, putting that out there and seeing if people are, are interested. Um, I, I've talked to some people lately, and they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to talk about travel. And I'm like, well, if we don't put things in place, by the time things do open up, it'll be too late to put things in place. So we've got things in place now. Um, we've got hotels reserved. We've got, you know, flights on hold. And um, we're really looking forward. I, I'll tell you what, I, it broke my heart when I thought I might never be back to Ireland. So um, I'm going to be doing everything that I can to, to get back over for Tradfest in 2021 and um, bring a group of people with us. You've got a very positive spirit, I have to say. What about the Willis clan? Do you think they'll make it over to perform in Ireland? We haven't seen them in a while. Right. Well, there's there's been a family tragedy in our family. I don't know if you guys are familiar with, with what happened in our family. Um, the band really doesn't perform together anymore. Okay. However, uh, many of the kids are still musicians. In fact, um, my daughter Jeanette and my daughter Joy um, came to the Flacchio last year in Drogheda and both did very well, actually took third place um, in their two solo um, whistle competitions. Um, and they were looking very much forward to coming back to the FLA this year. Obviously, that has been postponed, and there won't be a FLA this year. However, um, my dear friend, Kel Cole, who runs the Murphy Roach branch um, in Chicago, uh, put together a virtual FLA, and um, my daughter, Joy, uh, took a first place, and last uh, about two weeks ago, we had a Zoom virtual celebration of Irish music and Irish culture, and all the adjudicators came on, and my daughter got to do a performance with her brother, Jeremiah, and so there's very much um, a very big push to keep the connections, keep the music, um, keep coming over. I don't know exactly what that will look like as far as performances. But right now, there's a very great interest, and there was very, dis very great disappointment that they weren't going to be over in, in August for the flock. Well, we congratulate Joy in that achievement, and we know Kel Cole as well, and she is dynamic in what she does there in Chicago. Brenda, before we let you go, and we do thank you, the line has been a bit challenging, but we've, we've, we've got the message from you. Uh, before we do let you go, we've been asking our guests this. 
uh, if you were to pick three songs or three bands or three pieces of music that you've been listening to or you would listen to or recommend people listen to during lockdown, what would they be? Oh, my goodness. There's so many. Um, uh, Fluke is one of our famous favorite bands and um, their new album that just came out um, has been has been wonderful. I can't even pick a track off of that, but anything off of the brand new Fluke album has been so exciting. Um, the other band, although they're not from Ireland, um, that has, has just been so dynamic with us has been, um, just, I feel like just a leader and just expired, inspired my children and so many others. And that would be Talisk. Um, they have just taken everything to a new level for, for us. And, um, you know, Talisk has just been has just been very, very exciting. And of course, I'm always listening to my own children. And, um, okay. and, I, and I love um, numbers off of their new album, which is Speak My Mind. And, um, you know, that album is very interesting because it's, it's, it's a very cathartic piece of work um, where the children were um, really exploring themes of um, telling their story and speaking their own truth um, after the tragedy in our family. And the Irish music that um, influenced them and inspired them really helped them through that tragedy. And um, and you can hear there the, the the pipes and the whistle and all of that infused into these different genres of music that are in this particular um, album. So um, you know, I, I would I I would really love to. In fact, it was really funny. I was having a conversation with Mike McGoldrick. And um, and he was listening to speak my mind, particularly the, the track "Give" is the, is the name of the song. He was listening to, and he was literally listening and hearing his influence on the kids' music and Joni Madden and Brian Finnegan and Kevin Crawford. And he was like, "Oh my goodness, I can hear this. Oh, I can hear that." And so it was just very it was very beautiful to see how um, the history of my kids being involved for all the way back from river dance and then Irish dancing and then the fly and then all these wonderful musicians that they've gotten to know over all this time um, has influenced them so much even today. And then now has influenced me to start a festival in Nashville, which brings wonderful Irish musicians to Music City. So it, this is really a beautiful story. And, and all of this music has been incredibly influential on us. Well, Brenda Willis, it's been a pleasure and an honour to chat with you here on the Tradfest podcast. We wish you well with the Music City Irish Fest in Nashville next year. Do check back in with us though and let us know how things are evolving in Nashville over the next couple of months, Brenda. Thanks a million for being with us. Thank you. It was wonderful to talk to you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast and thanks indeed to Brenda Willis for being our special guest. We look forward to when we're all together again in music at next year's Tradfest, provisionally set for January the 27th until January the 31st. And of course, that is January 2021. And while we're all waiting for the day when it's safe to travel again, you can fill your heart with Ireland by going to ireland.com.